As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So now I'm $98,000 in debt. And on her very first call, she said something that changed my life forever. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today's guest is business and mindset coach, Brad Bizjack, and we are discussing how to rewire your brain for six and seven figure business success. For a long time, I've been skeptical of mindset coaching. But in the past few years, I've come to realize how much mindset matters, especially in business as an entrepreneur, but in life too. Mindset can make the difference when it comes to changing or getting to that next level. I appreciated this conversation with Brad because he has so much actionable advice for changing the way you think and overcoming limiting beliefs so that you can get to where you wanna go. Even if you're a bit skeptical, I encourage you to put those feelings aside and give it a listen. Also, Brad has a five-day mindset challenge, it's free, It's starting soon and it's called the Success Accelerator. It's five days of short, simple mindset challenges so that you can quickly get to the next level. As always, you can find a link to those things in the show notes. Links and resources can be found in the show notes. Check them out at davianchrista.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review over at Apple Podcasts. Now, on to the episode. How do you feel about like New Year's resolutions? You know, New Year's resolutions are really, really interesting because what most people do is they actually just state their New Year's preferences. They don't actually resolve to do anything. If you think about what a a resolution is, it means you cut off any other ties. It means that in your mind, it's already done. And what most people do at the beginning of the year is they state, well, I wish this were different, but they don't actually resolve to do it. And that's what actually holds them back from achieving the goal. And so if you're actually resolving for the goal, I think it's great, but you also don't need New Year's to do that. You can do it at any time. So that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you're not necessarily against New Year's resolutions. You just think most people aren't approaching it the right way. Agreed. Yeah. Totally agree. That's right. Awesome. You know, I always tell myself that too. Like there's nothing special about January 1st. You know, regardless, I just get sort of this, I feel more motivated around the start of the new year. And I don't know if it's because I'm coming off, you know, typically we take, the last week or two of December into New Year's off. So maybe it's just coming off of, you know, sort of a vacation or break. And I always feel more motivated coming out of that. But there's something about January 1st, just it's motivating, invigorating. I think what it is, is that a lot of people, the idea of a fresh start is really, really wonderful. Like if you think about a line in the sand where someone decides to take a leap of faith and go after a big goal, that line in the sand, no matter what time of year it is, is absolutely beautiful. But I think what the new year does is it kind of like allows for a sense of completion. 
and a sense of restart. And that's a wonderful thing. So I think it's awesome. I, that's, I think I feel more motivation around the new year's too, or in the new year too. Well, we do a really cool process of kind of closing the year out, reflecting, and then shutting down, just like you said, and then starting fresh and, and going for it with our new goals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to dive into this more in this episode. We're talking about mindset and limiting beliefs, rewiring your mind for success, all areas of your specialty. And it's one of those topics that feels so nebulous to me. You know, it's like how to distinguish like actual strategies and how to really do that practically versus, you know, maybe some of the more woo woo stuff that's out there. So I'm excited to dive into that with you as well. I'm just grateful for this connection too. You know, mutual friends of ours, Eric and John connected us. Listeners of the podcast would know Eric and John because they've been, you know, featured on the podcast before and they've been good friends for a long time now. So I'm just grateful that we got connected. Feelings mutual, man. Like I knew instantly when we talked on the phone a while back, like this guy's legit. I'm super excited to, <laughs> to connect with you too. And I'm just grateful for the friendship as well. I'm excited to dive in and take what would seem to be a nebulous topic and actually make it applicable and tangible. And that's what I think we can we can do today to add some value. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited about that. First, can you give us just some background information? Tell us about how you got started, you know, and how you got into what you're doing now. Oh yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It, the short version <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that about 10 years ago, I was in the corporate world. I graduated college $92,000 in debt. And I remember at that time in my life, I had a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of feelings of worry and panic and scarcity mindsets. And at that point, I just wanted to break free from financial strain. And so I got uh, what I thought then was a high paying job, right? And I thought it was going to change our whole life, right? I was like, I'm going to be out of debt in two years. It's going to be amazing. But I got there very, very quickly realized that corporate wasn't for me. Now, no judgment. If it is for you, it wasn't for me. And so everything I tried at that point, it seemed like no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to make any progress on that debt. And I just wanted to have something in my life where I finally felt like I was sprinting towards something instead of moving away from something. And I found online business. And that was my ticket. I was like, I'm all in on this. I want to create something where I control my own destiny, where I can serve people at a a deeper level. But there was just one problem everything I tried didn't work. I would listen to the podcast. I'd read the books. I would take the courses and it still didn't work. And it seemed like it was working for everyone else, but it wasn't working for me. And I started to get in my head, like, is success not possible for me? Like, is this really the path that I'm meant to be on? I remember t- talking to my mentor and she said, dude, you need a mindset coach because what you're doing right now is not working. And I remember maxing out my very last credit card to hire a coach. So now I'm $98,000 in debt. And on her very first call, she said something that changed my life forever. She, I was telling her how I want this business to work so bad. I'm trying to get it to take off. Why isn't it working? It seems to be working for everyone else. I must be missing something. And she goes, Brad, you are so attached to success that you're missing the whole point. You're under the impression that you shouldn't be where you are right now. She said, Brad, business success and money is never going to make you happy. It's learning to rewire your mind and feel fulfilled in the moment that's going to lead you to the ideas that create success. You need to rewire that if you ever want to change your life. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. And I went all in on that topic. And I remember buying a ticket to a mindset conference because what I was doing wasn't working. And in the months leading up to that conference, I got fired from my job. I was trying to build this business while I was still employed. Now, keep in mind, $98,000 in debt, no income, no savings, failing business. 
Luckily, I already had that plane ticket. I already had the hotel booked. I already had the conference ticket. And so I land in San Diego and I remember going to the, the grocery store to buy peanut butter and bread because I couldn't afford eating out at the time. And I walk into that conference tail between my legs because my bank account had overdrafted that day. And the topic that day was rewiring your mind and finding fulfillment and peace before you're successful is the way to create success. And ever since then, it's been four and a half, five years since then, we've created a multiple million dollar business per year, serving thousands of people all over the world. But the more important piece of it is that I discovered life is always happening for me and not to me, that it's the inception of your thoughts that literally create your reality. And as achievers, we're so push, 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 strategy, 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 and the strategies matter. But if your beliefs are telling you that you can't do it, doesn't matter if you have the right strategy. You'll either not apply it the right way or you'll be blind to it and it won't work for you. So that really changed my entire life. And that's kind of how I got into what I'm doing today. I mean, that's an incredible story. I mean, especially, I mean, in the span of just four or five years, you know, that sort of turnaround. We have a somewhat similar story. Chris and I were, after college, we were in about $100,000 of debt. And, you know, I didn't even think being an entrepreneur wasn't even in in my mind. Like it wasn't even, (laughs) you know, fortunately, Krista, I mean, she's just been so influential in my own life, pushing me in that direction. But anyways, what did that shift look like? Right? I mean, like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around, you know, you, you walk into that conference, the transformation that happened, you know, from walking into that conference to walking out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think we can all get behind maybe the importance of mindset. But what does that transformation actually look like? Like, where do people start? And I guess, where do people go wrong? Yeah. And this to all the people listening, I know that you're probably a very driven person if you're listening to this podcast. And so what I'm about to say is probably going to piss you off. (laughs) 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 But I think where a lot of people go wrong is they focus on the strategy first. They focus on the how. When most people set out to achieve their dreams, they're consistently obsessed with how is that ever going to work? How can I make that happen? And that's not a bad question. It's just not the most empowering question because most people think that once I have a particular resource like money, time, support, whatever it is, then I'll take an action so I can be successful. But that's backwards thinking. If we want to create, let's say, a seven-figure business, well, there's actions and activities that you'd already be doing to create that seven-figure business if you already had it. And so the question then becomes, who do you need to be now? So that you'd automatically take those actions and therefore create the success. So I went into this conference thinking, okay, I'm going to come into this and it's going to give me all these amazing funnel strategies and all these things to create this, this business. And what I found was everything rises and falls on what you believe. Now, that's also a nebulous thought, right? A belief, right? A belief is nothing more than a feeling of certainty, right? So for example, is the sky blue? Most people would say yes. But what about during a sunset? What about at night? What about sunrise? What about when it's raining? And so if we think about the most toxic limiting beliefs preventing business growth, if we think about a belief, well, let me backtrack. If we think about the potential of human beings, the potential of human beings is virtually unlimited. So what prevents us from tapping into that potential? It's what we believe. Most people think if I just throw more action at something, then it's going to work. But if you just take massive, massive action from the same limiting thought patterns, you'll create more of the same because you're living in the past. And the past only becomes the future when you live there. For example, 
I believe that working harder is not the key to success. Now, I'm not saying working hard doesn't factor in. I work very hard in my business. But if working harder were the key to success, then anyone that worked hard would have success. Anyone that worked 40, 50, 60 hours a week would have success in their business. But there are people that have freedom of choice, freedom of time, and have beautiful qualities of life. And they're not, quote unquote, working hard. And so it just brings up this thought of, well, is that actually true? And so if we want a particular result, we need to take a look at what I call the success or failure cycle. And this is why the rich get rich and why the poor get poor. So if the potential of human beings is unlimited virtually and activate that potential, you naturally take more aligned action, the right type of action that yields a result. Well, whatever actions you take aligned or not aligned will dictate what type of results you get. Well, the inception of this is a belief. For example, if you believe that money is hard to make and once you have it, it disappears, that lowers the potential you tap into. Therefore, it decreases the aligned action that you'd be taking and therefore you get really poor results. Those poor results reinforce the belief that money is hard to make that once you have it, it disappears. But if you have the belief, for example, money flows to me effortlessly, just as a belief, a feeling of certainty, money flows to me effortlessly. Well, that increases the potential you tap into. You'll likely take more risks, try new things. You increase your aligned action. That changes the results that you get. And therefore, it reinforces the belief that money flows effortlessly. So what I came into this conference doing is saying, what's the how? What's the how that I need? But I had the wrong question. The how is Googleable, right? If you think about weight loss, weight loss is not strategically challenging. You have to look harder on the internet for to not know how to do it than <laughs> to do it. If there's a personal trainer on every corner. There's a gym everywhere. There's online fitness and all of these things. So if I take a look at that strategy of losing weight, it's not the how. You can figure out business. That's simple. But the stories and beliefs that go before that will prevent you from ever doing it. For example, if you have the belief, I'm big boned, that changes how you apply the strategy of weight loss. If you have a belief that business is hard, then you are setting yourself up for everything, even the easiest strategies to be hard. And so the energy and the beliefs that you enter into success with dictate if the strategies work or if you'll find the way or make the way. And so I discovered at that event, that I needed to take a step back behind the how and focus on the who. Who do I need to be? What energy, qualities, characteristics, beliefs do I need to bring so that I would naturally take that action? So instead of going to the fruit, I'm going to the root, if that makes sense. And that's the overall importance of these beliefs or feelings of certainty. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love the fitness industry connection, you know, the weight loss connection. And that's just so true. I mean, especially so uh, applicable right now with uh, the beginning of the year, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm not the only one with fitness goals for the year, right? But in any successful, you know, fitness plan, where whether it's cutting or something else, like mindset is so important, right? I mean, it's like, I'd love to chat a little bit about how you can actually change your mind or, or rewire your mind about things. I think it's easy enough like conceptually to understand, right? You know, like on, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, sure. But on the other hand, just knowing certain maybe limiting beliefs that I even have that, you know, I think I, I sit down and try to change them, but then I find in reality, they're harder to change, you know, like sure. slipping back into that same mindset. 
And I don't know if it'd be easier to talk about, you know, I know on your website, if people go to that, they can take your unique success archetype quiz. So I don't know if it'd be easier to approach it from that angle or not, but whatever you think. Yeah, absolutely. So with the archetypes, that's actually kind of our starting point. And I guess we can go into that in just a little bit. That helps people get their starting point on this journey of changing their mindset. But in terms of the overall how, there's a few factors that go into this, a few factors that go into how we live and how we act and what we believe. You asked a really important question. How do we actually change a belief? Well, there's numerous ways to do it, but greatest way that I have found is consequence. And what I mean by that is if we have a belief that, let's say, nothing I do is enough, right? That's a very common belief amongst entrepreneurs. They won't admit it because they're too proud to say it, but that's a very common belief amongst entrepreneurs. Nothing I do will ever be enough. It's why they're, they're so hungry for the next, the next step, one of the reasons. But that belief is costing a lot of things, It's probably costing relationship challenges, probably costing things with their kids. And so I like to think about, I was at a Tony Robbins UPW event six years ago, and I went through a process that transformed my life. And it was called the Dickens process. And if anyone's listening to this, Ben to Tony Robbins, just go. It's so fantastic. I have no affiliation. Just go. It's amazing. But he brought up this movie called A Christmas Carol with Ebenezer Scrooge, right? And if you think about Scrooge, he was super mean, right? Because he had a belief that being mean is how he became successful. But that's not true. The reason is because he's brilliant and he added value in different ways. But one night, three neuroassociative conditioning specialists showed up at his house. <laughs> three ghosts, right? The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. What did they do? They linked up so much unbearable pain to the way that he was living up until now They linked up unbearable pain to the way that he is living. And they linked up unbearable pain to what happens if he continues to live this way. And when you're boxed in from the side, from the other side, and from the back, guess what? You freaking move. So that's one of the easiest ways to change a belief. It's through the emotion of consequence and seeing the benefit of what happens when you change. Another great way to change a belief is through doubt. Belief is just, a belief is just a feeling of certainty. That's all it is. It's a conviction. It's a thought opinion that you have practiced over and over. It's not absolute truth. It's your opinion. And the greatest way to view this is if you take a look at how people talk about politics, they share their beliefs. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but they share their beliefs. And so if one person believes one thing and one person believes the other thing, that shows that neither is absolute truth. It's just what they personally believe. And so if you think of a belief like a tabletop, each of the legs of that table, let's say you're eating dinner at that table, and let's say that table belief is, I am not enough. Well, each of the legs of that table is a reference of your past, a reference point, meaning something that happened, whether it was a trauma or whether it was consistent exposure or conditioning over a period of time that led to you believing this certain thing. And in fact, most people go through life not ever challenging their beliefs and don't even realize that the beliefs that are chained, that are, that are operating their entire life actually came from their parents. For example, I liked, I love to ask my clients this question all the time. Whose love did you crave when you were a child, mom or dad, not whose love did you get? Whose love did you crave? And if you answer that question, then ask yourself the follow-up question, which is who did you need to be to receive love from that person? You'll identify one of the greatest limiting beliefs of your entire life. The belief that's holding you back. 
the belief that's holding you back from your true potential. And you'll find that when you link consequence to that belief, this is how it's hurting my daughter, my son. This is how it's hurting my wife. This is how it's hurting my career. This is how it's holding me back. And when I change this, this is all the beauty that I actually will be able to create. You'll change that belief because you'll reach something called a leverage point or an emotional threshold. Emotional threshold is when the pain of doing something becomes less than the pain of not doing it. And so if you think about procrastination, procrastination is fundamentally based in beliefs. Procrastination just means that you believe taking more action would be more painful than doing nothing. That's procrastination. And so if you think about back in college, I was in a frat and I partied in, in this frat. And so I remember we had our finals, right? And I, and I didn't want to study for the final. And I had a belief that taking action, studying would be more painful than doing nothing. And so I partied instead of studied until about two days before the final exam, when I reached an emotional threshold where I realized, oh crap, I better study for this test. And the pain of not studying became greater than the pain of studying. And that's when I changed. Well, we can do that to ourselves. So rewiring our mind can be broken down into six simple parts. And do you want me to go into those? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so broken into six simple parts. And the first piece of this, and I call this the six-step rewire your mind process. The first piece that most people skip, because we went into a lot of limiting belief stuff, and that is incredibly helpful and valuable, and we need to do that. But what most people do is they try to change their limiting beliefs without having a reason to do it. And so the very first step of this is what I call dream. We need a vision so compelling that it moves us to want to take these actions. Most people set their goals based on realism. Realism, in my opinion, is the fastest traveled road to mediocrity. I'm not saying don't be realistic about the data of your business. Don't be realistic about your productivity. I'm not saying that. I'm saying your dreams should never be found in realism because most people set their dreams based on the failures of the past. Well, the past becomes the future when you live there. And this is why goals keep evading people year after year after year because they're trying to set goals that are just a step past what they didn't like, their pain. And so if we don't have a compelling vision that's so exciting, then we're forced to focus on the problems that we have in our life. And whatever you focus on, you expand. And so if your vision doesn't pull you to create more, then you're relying on push motivation, otherwise known as willpower. Willpower is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with it. There's times in my life when I use it plenty. But if you rely on willpower and willpower alone, then you get burnt out and you get exhausted. When you have a vision so compelling that literally causes your heart to beat faster, and I, I call it a butt puckering goal. When you have a vision that big, it literally pulls you to do something. I'll share one story about it. I remember a few years ago, our business was doing about $25,000 a month in revenue. And that's pretty good, right? $25,000 a month in revenue is pretty awesome. And I remember talking to my high performance coach and he was saying, dude, what are your goals? And I was like, I think if I really hustle and really work harder, I can get to $30,000 a month. Notice the words, hustle, work harder, $30,000 a month. That's a 20% increase. And he's like, why would you ever set such weak goals? I'm like, what are you talking about, man? $30,000 a month is pretty awesome. He's like, no, 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 Brad, you're missing the point. Why would you ever set a goal you know you can hit? And it changed my whole life. He's like, setting a goal you know you can hit is living in failure, living in the past. Setting a dream that's so big causes you to move. And he said, what's actually exciting? And it just came out of me, $100,000 a month. That excited me. It moved me. And my heart started to beat faster. But there was just one problem. My wife just had our daughter. 
it was a traumatic childbirth. There was a ton of stuff going on. Both my, my girls almost died. They were in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And I was being the rock for my family, newborn life. You know how that goes. It's crazy, right? And so, but I remember what he said, huge goals change the way you think. You don't set goals for the certainty of attainment. You set them to become a new person. And so I kept picturing it, kept visualizing it. And then I came up with an idea two months later on how to share our program, our courses with people, with thousands of people at a time. And it changed everything. We went on to create $800,000 in revenue the following six months. Then we did $860,000 in revenue in 10 days. Then we went on to do a million, just under a million dollars in revenue in five days. I'm not sharing that to impress anyone here. I'm sharing that to impress upon you. Huge dreams change the way you think and you don't set them for the certainty of attainment. You set them to become a new person. And so the reason I spent so much time on this one is because this is where most people go wrong. They try to change their beliefs, which is step two, without ever evaluating what they're after. And if you don't have a reason for changing, you're not going to do it. So number one is we need to dream. Number two is rewire your mind, which is the limiting belief work we've already talked about. We need to identify what our limiting beliefs are. We need to break them and we need to replace them with one that empowers us to hit our dream. Number three is emotional mastery. Emotional mastery. We need to decide and choose our emotions. Now that sounds fluffy. Choose your emotions, but you can do it. In fact, most people's emotions are so up and down because they tie their worth to the outcome of a goal. But we need to instead go back and say, I'm worthy either way. This goal makes me become a new person. So if you think about emotions like a thermostat, most people are the thermometer of their experience instead of the thermostat, meaning whatever's going on around them, that determines their emotions. That's why most people stay stuck. We want to become the thermostat. We want to set our temperature at a certain place. Have you ever noticed happy people tend to find something to be happy about? Angry people tend to find something to be angry about? Anxious people find something to freak out about on a consistent basis, right? No judgment, but that's their emotional home, their thermostat where it's set at. And so if things get worse, the furnace kicks on and it bumps back to what their temperature is set at. If it gets really, really good, I mean, the temperature goes up, the AC kicks on and it goes back to where their emotional home is. We need to raise that emotional home. Most people have a highway to pissed off and a dirt road to happiness. We need to raise that emotional home to where the consistent dominant emotions are beautiful so that any challenge that comes our way doesn't hurt us and it helps us thrive. Number four is what I call drive and that's productivity which everyone here is probably really, really, really good at. But there's ways to get more done in a day than you used to in a week. And we won't go into that in this session because of time, but we need to make sure we have our productive output mastered on the path to this dream. Number five is what I call vibrational alignment. And what that means is, are we ex operating at the frequency of our dreams? Now that sounds super woo. But if you think about frequency, you ever heard like the, the phrase, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Like your vibe attracts your tribe because energy is real. In fact, everything is energy. Everything. You ever been around that person that's in the room and you don't even need to say a word to them, but they just lift you up because of their energy? That's the impact of energy. Well, money exists between two very powerful vibrational emotions. Number one is unconditional love. And number two is appreciation. 
That's where money exists. Unconditional love is the mindset of creation. It's I care so much about this group of people and my family that I'm going to create something for them. And appreciation is the mindset of receiving. It's thank you. You cannot give and create if you're not open to receiving. Most people just try to create, but they don't feel they're worthy of receiving, which is why money doesn't come to them. And so we want to align vibrationally with those emotions so that we are consistently creating and consistently open to receiving. And once we do that, then we get to step six, which is what I call arrive, which is really just about fulfillment. And it's about truly appreciating the journey that you're on instead of it just being something you post on Instagram, right? This thing where you, you really feel alive, regardless of if things go in alignment with your expectations. Expectation is the root of all suffering. Suffering is never found in what happens. It's found in your perception of what happens. And so if we can trade our expectations for appreciations, our entire life changes in an instant. And so that, what I just share with you in the last five minutes, is essentially hours of work that I do throughout our programs. But And I'm happy to get into the archetypes if you like, but does all of this kind of give us a well-rounded view of how you actually go about rewiring your mind? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think that first point of dream, the vision and what you're talking about there, just very compelling. And, you know, admittedly, I think I just, I jumped to step two. You know, I think you're right on, like, that's what I jumped to for sure. And then, you know, again, I think something that resonated too, when you were talking about vibrational alignment and feeling like you can receive, right? You know, again, I think, I think that resonated. I wonder for, for how many listeners, you know, that resonates as well. I am interested maybe talking about the success archetypes a little bit. Before that, though, I want to talk about, you know, six and seven figure earners. You know, I, I got to imagine that there's a lot of people listening to the podcast and earning six figures is, is probably a big goal for them. There's probably others, you know, who are already earning six figures and want to move on to seven. Do you find that people moving from maybe zero to six figures or six figures to seven figures have different mindset challenges or struggles? Yes, absolutely. In fact, this is a great segue into the archetype piece if you want to go that direction. Yeah, awesome. But six figures, it's so interesting. We put this six-figure idea on a pedestal and I did for a very, very long time. I wanted that six-figure income really, really, really bad. I thought that would be absolutely life-changing and it was. It was life-changing. But getting to six figures is, in my opinion, way harder to get to than getting to seven figures. I think your first six figures is so much harder than your first seven figures because to get to six figures, it requires you challenging all of the beliefs, all of the societal pressures, all of what most people are doing to stay in your comfort zone. In order to break through the six figures, you have to be the different one. If I am the person that's consistently happy and successful, think about this from a human needs perspective. If I'm the person that's consistently happy and successful, most people think I'm nuts. And that's still true in my life. Most people, except for my peer group that I spend time with, most of my time with, most people that are not in my peer group think I'm absolutely bananas. And I am bananas. I'm a little crazy. But most people going to that next level are crazy. Well, just like Steve Jobs said, the people that are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones that do, right? So they're going to think you're nuts. And so we get judgment for wanting to go to six figures. We get rejection for wanting to create a better life. We feel alone and lonely for being one of the people that dream big and a human need. Our greatest fear in life is that we won't be loved. Everything that you are stressed about in life comes down to one simple fear that you will not be loved. 
if I follow your stress, by the way, achievers, they're afraid, but they call it stress because they don't want to be saying that they're afraid, right? But it's just stress. Stress is just fear. And if I follow the trail of what I learned from my mentor years ago, if you follow the trail of your stress, you'll find your way to your deepest fear, which is that you won't be loved. And if you think about love, it's a biological need. If a baby is not given physical love when they're born, the baby will die. It's called failure to thrive. You need love. It's an absolute must. But I take a look at breaking through the six figures. That means literally going against all of the ways that you have received love all the way up until now, which means it's very hard to let go of that. And that's what I teach people how to do. That's literally the promise of our entire program is how to finally create your six-figure success story and break through those limiting beliefs and develop unlimited confidence. But once you're there, then it's just about pouring gas on it. And once you pour gas on it, then you get to seven figures. And there are some different challenges that come up in business going from six to seven, and then from seven to eight. There's different challenges in there. Our goal this year is 10 million in revenue. There's some different things that we are focusing on going from 2 million last year to 10 million this year. But getting to that first six figures, in my opinion, that's the most challenging because it gets to the psyche and the inner ego that's trying to keep you safe. And so I was trying to figure out how to help people with this. And I hope this is valuable for the listeners here. But I was trying to figure out a way of how to teach this to people. And at this stage in my business, in the last five years, I've worked with well over 30,000 people approaching 40,000 from all over the world. And I've recognized some patterns, patterns that keep people stuck in overwhelm, patterns that keep people staying in the same spot in their business, trading a ton of time for money and not really building a scalable opportunity. And even from an emotional standpoint, like feeling anxiety on a regular basis and worry on a regular basis, there are patterns there. People are not their patterns, but they think they are. They're not their patterns. They're just emotional patterns. And then there are patterns that make people thrive. And so I've taken this big picture view, almost like it's not an official study, but just my perception of all these people. And I took a look at the few that were crushing it versus the other people that weren't. I started to ask, why is this? And I found that it really came down to their lens in which they're viewing success. And so I'd like to give you kind of the stages of success. And I call these archetypes, right? There's five that I have pinpointed. I really mark it four because if you're listening to this, you're not the first one. But this will kind of help you get an idea of where your starting point is and exactly what limiting beliefs you need to break through. So the first archetype that I have noticed is what I call VCTM. You can probably guess what that means, victim, right? And that no one here listening to this is a victim. You wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this if you had a victim mentality. This person just briefly sees life as happening to them instead of for them. When they think of mindset, they roll their eyes. Their life is full of blame and defeat. They're someone that feels victimized by life like other people or their circumstances need to change before they can change. But you don't live here, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. But the minute you start the process of personal change, attempting to go to that six-figure mark, you'll enter what I call the IDEX archetype. And that's not a bad thing. This stage is where you start to feel this pull that something in your life needs to change. And you might have an idea or a passion that you haven't pursued yet. You likely have a little voice that says, I know I meant for so much more. But you might not have clarity on what exactly that is or if it would even work. And this idea might be placed in the back burner. And you might have this feeling of maybe one day I'll do that, those type of goals, right? But you start to feel restless. And your challenge here is that you're so used to the status quo, that pull of society and mediocrity, that changing your life feels incredibly uncomfortable. And this isn't your fault. Anyone with this archetype would feel this way. 
but you feel a pull for your identity to expand into something more. But there's a lot of fear around what that even means. And so you know things should be different. You truly think they should be different. But you're not necessarily experiencing the courage that will allow you to take action because your life is built around keeping you safe and you regularly let fear win at this stage. And so this person craves certainty. They want to know how it's going to go before they take action. And it causes them to consistently get pulled back because they're going back to what they're used to. And so this person starts to adopt a belief that this is just how life is. Success isn't necessarily possible for me. Other people have it easier. And so this person feels like something's wrong with them or broken about them. And even though that's not true, it'll feel real. And so the core driver of the IDEX archetype is safety and security. This person's craving protection and they feel that risk is too scary. This person needs to go all in if they want to break through. And so once they start to do that, they ascend to what I call PMTL, the third stage. PMTL is what I call permission to leap. And so as you continue to grow on this journey, you'll start noticing, you'll start noticing that yourself rejecting mediocrity. You'll start to notice that you want something different than most people. You're pulling away from that mediocrity status quo place. You feel this pull to create. And there's a piece of you that's still craving guarantees that you haven't given yourself permission to take a leap of faith and go all in. And so if you're here, you have an incredible vehicle that could change your life, whether it's your business or a career opportunity or whatever it is. And you're likely already in the business taking some action towards those goals. And you have a great understanding of the level of action you should be taking. And so you believe in the possibility of what can happen if you really went all in. And you might even see other people thriving in the same industry or even with the same vehicle. And you likely have a voice that says, I know I am meant for so much more out of this life. I should be there by now is a common thought. But the challenge here is that taking this level of action that's required to change your life is incredibly scary. And so fear starts to become your inner roommate. And this person still craves certainty. And this person is always looking for the how, like we had talked about a little bit earlier. They're always looking for the how. And it feels like you spend all day focusing on your goals and dreams, but it doesn't feel like you've made very much progress. This person studies a lot. They consume a ton of knowledge, a ton of inspiration on a regular basis. But when it comes time to take action, they likely freeze in fear of judgment or rejection or scarcity or perfection or failure. And so this person knows success is possible, but they have a very hard time believing that success is possible for them. And so they create stories about their life and their circumstances about why it's harder. And if you don't change this, you start to live in perfection. You'll either never start because you don't know how, or you'll take minimal safe action and you'll dance around a dream, but not really go all in. It's like reading a book about swimming instead of getting in the pool. You might say, I know this, I know how to do that, but you don't actually know because you haven't done it. And so this person feels this dull, achy pain that kind of feels like regret and even worse, shame. And there's because their life is starting to reflect the very thing they're trying to escape, which is mediocrity. This person's core driver is certainty and significance. This person wants guarantees that it's going to work. They want to feel like they matter. And so they crave the how and rationalize all the work that they're doing on studying and listening to things is actually work, but they're mistaking movement for achievement. And so when we rewire this, I spent so much time on this one because where most people trying to get to six figures are stuck at the PMTL level. And when you rewire this, you start to hit what I call the achievement tipping point. It's where your efforts start to create results. You might notice money start coming in or that promotion happening. And you'll enter the fourth stage, which is what I call 
ACPX, otherwise known as Achiever's Paradox. And at this level, this fourth stage, you identify as an achiever. Even if you don't have the monetary result yet, you either have success or you are trending there. You are someone who checks the boxes. You're taking massive action. You get it done. No one has to force you to do the work. You just do it. And while you've likely achieved a lot or are starting to achieve some things, you know in your heart you're destined for so much more because it feels to you like the achievement isn't enough. One of the biggest mistakes that the ACPX archetype makes is they feel that their sense of worth is based on more, more success more money, more achievements. And what this does is it causes them to bounce from goal to goal, wondering where's the fulfillment? Where's the joy? And because you don't feel fulfillment from all the goals you achieve or the to-do list that you complete, you trick yourself into taking more action so you can achieve even bigger goals thinking that somehow you'll be enough when you get there. And you likely have a very hard time if you're at this stage appreciating the journey that you're on. And even though you know it's important to appreciate the journey, you barely ever stop hustling and you're on a constant brink of burnout, feeling like you need to escape from the thing that used to bring you joy. And because you're such a hard worker, you have a hard time being present with those that you love and you cause this guilt in a variety of ways. Number one, you feel guilty when you're working because you weren't present with your family. And number two, you feel guilty when you're with your family because you're not where you want to be at with your goals in your business. And so you end up feeling like a walking ball of stress and you'll use positivity as a coping mechanism for your insecurities. And you're terrified of what might happen if you slow down or stop or take a break and you fear it's all going to fall apart. And so if you stay here, nothing's going to feel like enough and you feel terrible about missing memories. And even if you're in the same room as your spouse or your kids, you weren't actually present with them. And so you find yourself conditioned to think that success isn't all it's cracked up to be. And you kind of start to feel alone and worse still, it eventually hurts your relationships with your kids and your family and, and your loved ones. This person's core drivers are growth and significance but they use personal growth and achieving goals and growing in their business as a way to feel significant and important. They take on challenges so they can prove to themselves that they're worthy, but they're still chasing that ghost of their worthiness never feeling like enough and it's always moving. So deep down, the ACPX doesn't feel fulfilled very often, even though they pretend to, and they'll get dopamine hits of, I made a sale, I landed a client, but that lasting feeling of appreciation and joy isn't there. But when you rewire your mind, you enter what I call the fulfillment tipping point, or you hit what I call the fulfillment tipping point. And so we talked about this idea of six figures. This next stage is where that six and seven and eight figure success exists. This is the point where you're not only wildly successful, but you're also deeply, deeply fulfilled. And that archetype is called MGPF. This is our final one, magnetic performance, MGPF. This person has a beautiful life. They have the money. They have the freedom. They're in an amazing place. They have a beautiful life. Now, what most people do is they'll rationalize that they're here and pretend that they're here and they'll say, I'm content with what I have. I'm good. I don't need more. That's actually scarcity pretending to be abundance. Contentment is the enemy of abundance because abundance is the mindset of more. More. It's, I love this. I'm so grateful for this and I want more. So just check yourself if you feel like you're there, if you're listening to this. But this person at the MGPF, a true MGPF, has found the secret sauce to having high levels of achievement and high levels of fulfillment. You feel joy and passion and love on a regular basis. You think creatively and success kind of flows to you. You get opportunities that are amazing. And doing hard work doesn't feel like hard work to you. 
You have established boundaries. You've removed comparison. You're a living, breathing example of abundance here. And you're always leveling up. You're in amazing peer groups. You're trying to add value to the world. Success at this stage is about contribution and love and fulfillment and growth and joy and expansion. This person lives in a beautiful state of appreciation. And they know that their energy and their feelings are what attracts success instead of success giving them feelings. See, all of life is cause and effect, meaning if we focus on the effect, we forget the cause. And so let me explain. Our emotions are the cause of our results. If we focus on how I don't have enough money in the bank account, if I don't have a big enough business, those are just effects of how you've been living. And when we obsess over the effects, how my business account is low or you know whatever the challenge is, then we forget the cause, which is our emotions. And if we forget the cause, then we can't influence the effect. And that's why our life stays the same. But at MGPF, you're focused consistently on the cause so that you can create a better effect. At this stage, people want to be part of your energy. They don't care what it costs. I've literally had people sell their goats to enroll in our programs. I'm not kidding. That's actually a true story. They want to be in your circle, but that's what our goal is. If we want to break through to six and seven figures, we need to get to magnetic performance. That's where success flows to you and opportunities keep popping up and life is full of success and fulfillment. And so the reason I went so deep in those is so people can evaluate where are they at? What's your starting point? That's a starting point in this journey. And you've likely identified some of the greatest limiting beliefs that are holding you from reaching that next level of success. So I hope that adds some some value today, Davey. Oh, absolutely. And I'll make sure I link to that quiz on your website so that people can yeah. go and figure out what archetype they're at right now. I do have a well, quick I add question. Can one more piece on that? Yeah, sure. Actually, if you're like most people, you've likely identified with multiple pieces of a couple of these. And so it might be confusing. Well, which one am I? That quiz is specifically designed to show you where your center of gravity is because we all have times when we reach a higher stage or a better state but your center of gravity is what's driving your success or you staying the same. And so that quiz will help you identify what's your true archetype. Where are you really? And so thanks for linking that up. That will serve them, the listeners a lot here. Yeah, absolutely. That's an important qualification you made. And I kind of a follow-up to that, that I wanted to ask about was, you know, as people's goals shift, you know, and expand, do you find that they fall back into other archetypes? Like, you know, if you looked at it as sort of a cycle, right? Have you ever seen people, maybe they get to, the fulfillment tipping point or experience that. But then they, you know, as they set their sights on eight figures or whatnot, that they fall into maybe one of these other archetypes. Absolutely. And so a great way to illustrate this is if we look at those six stages of or the six steps to rewire your mind, that's actually a cycle. Dream, and then we awaken the subconscious mind. Then there's the emotional thermostat, right? The preparation, then there's drive, and then there's the vibrational alignment, and then arrive. It's actually a cycle that people go through multiple times. Because when you go through this, you will activate bigger dreams. And when you activate bigger dreams, guess what? That ego is going to try to pull you right back to what you've known. And so new level, new devil, right? You will never get rid of limiting beliefs. They will be there the entire life. You'll shatter some and just the very act of shattering some brings new ones into your life. Achieving a goal literally creates limiting beliefs about the next goal. And so absolutely we go back. But when we remember the truth, and if you've experienced one archetype, you can experience it again. And so if we remember the truth, what got us to that place, the emotions that make us feel alive, the beliefs that make us feel alive, then we can easily shift back. It's just the ego trying to keep us safe. I think about it like a hermit crab. 
hermit crabs are fascinating little creatures because they grow the shell, this outer covering. And they grow and they reach that outer covering. And they have a couple choices when that happens. They can either leave the shell where they're not protected, they get eaten by the barracudas or whatever, or they can stay in that shell, the safe place, the ego, everyone's greatest obstacle. And so if you stay there, you get the dull, achy pain. But to get to the next level of success, you have to leave that shell and go find a bigger one. But once you expand your identity even more and fill that shell, you're going to have to leave again and risk being seen, risk vulnerability, risk the next level. And that's scary as hell. And it's okay that it's scary. But if you've done it before, you can do it again. And that's why I kind of said getting to the six-figure level is so much harder than getting to the seven-figure level. Because once you get to that six-figure level and you break through those limiting beliefs, you already know the motions of that. It's like going from riding a small little bike to a bigger bike. You can still do it. There's just some gears now that you got to work on. So absolutely people go back, but then they just remember the truth. Yeah. And I think that's such a good reminder. It's just something that, you know, mindset, something that we always have to be cognizant of and always returning to, you know, so I love that it is circular like that. Well, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else we should add before wrapping up here? I don't think so. I think one of the greatest things that if I could leave anyone with one lesson, it's my favorite quote of all time. And it's from Tony Robbins. And I have the privilege of being in in Tony's mastermind and it's a life-changing experience. He's made such a profound impact on my life. And there's one quote from him that has been the foundation of everything, how I live. And it's served me tremendously. It's really simple. Trade your expectations for appreciations and your whole life changes in an instant. If we think about anytime we're upset, it's because we have an expectation that it should be different. And that word should is the cause of so much unnecessary suffering. But if we just take a moment and say, what could this be teaching me? How could this be a gift? How could life be happening for me instead of to me? Instead of resisting it, we accept that we're in the situation and we find that lesson, then all of a sudden we have the key to breaking through it. But when we reject it or resist it, saying, I shouldn't be here, it should be different, then we literally are holding ourselves in the same spot. But once we say, wow, what could I be learning from this? Then we open up the doors to be able to reach the next level of success. Awesome. Well, what a high note to end on. Brad, I really appreciate your time. And like I said, for everybody listening, I'll make sure that I link to the show notes. So in case you're listening to this while you're working out, while you're running, while you're driving, whatever, head on over to the show notes and you'll get links to all of this, including a five-day free challenge that should be going on right around the time that this episode is published live, the Success Accelerator. So I'll make sure that we link to that as well. Thanks again, Brad. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandset Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com. 